Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Puck Off. Uh, we are having some technical difficulties on the Apple podcast side of things. Don't worry, we are looking into it. Uh, but first, before we get into the episode, I got to introduce my co-host. As always, every episode for now, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some special guests coming in. You know, looking to do more stuff. My co-host, also the co-host of the Short Shift podcast, also here on the Hockey Podcast Network, Andrew Johnson. Andrew, how you doing? Did you just like? Did you just soft fire me? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I soft. I soft announced that we're doing a lot more stuff here from Puck Off. Ah, there you go. There and you go. Good. It, good save. Good because, save. Because of your schedule, some of it other people might fill in for. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So I, I. I. I am a. I am a very busy boy. Um, <laughs> you and those short uh, boys. I don't know. Yep. So. Anyway, lots to get to. Like I said, we have a little bit of technical difficulties on the Apple podcast side of things. So Spotify download, Spotify download, Spotify download. Yes. Bring up those metrics. So where do we want to start? Um, I think I know where you want to start. And that would be in St. Louis. Jordan, as- Jordan Cryrou or Craig Berube? Um, well, you first messaged me that you wanted to start talking about St. Louis. Before crying, cry, Caillou. So let's uh, let's Caillou. <laughs> let's start with Craig Berube. Obviously, by now most people have heard he's been canned. Um, not probably something you had on your bingo card for this year, but no. But it feels like it's time. Yeah, I no. agree. They were playing. It it seemed like the right move. Uh so it seemed like the right move because Doug Armstrong, uh, well, first of all, I think a lot of what is happening with this team right now has a lot to have the blood is on Doug Armstrong's hands. I was going to say, this was a, a, a save my ass move by Doug Armstrong. Oh, it's the last card in his deck. It's the last card in his deck that he has to play. So Doug Armstrong comes out after they, they, they fire Baruby an hour after the Detroit Red Wings beat them. So dude could not wait. Dude couldn't wait. Like fired him like fired him as the post game interviews was ha- were happening with the players. Like he could not wait to can him. So Armstrong comes out a couple of days after you know doing the press conference saying like, "Hey, this is why we did it. This is a Craig Ruby's no longer with us." Blah 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 blah. And he says, "We are not a good franchise right now." Whose fault is that? Who uh, who oh. built the team, Douglas? Who, who built the team? Who gave? Justin Falk, an eight-year contract for six and a half. Tory Krug, an eight-year, a seven-year deal for six and a half. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop for a second. Who gave Tory Krug a seven-year deal worth six and a half, dropped a no-movement clause on it, and that got pissed when he, he tried to trade him to Philadelphia, and Corey Krug said, no, nah, I don't want to use it. I, okay, I don't want to get traded there because of the no-movement clause that you put in there. You beat me to the no trade clause. I was trying to get through all of them and then say, yeah. oh, and they all have no trade clauses. Falk, Krug, Pareko, Letty. Even Marco Scandella has a modified no trade clause. Who gives Marco Scandella a modified no trade clause? But you know what the kicker is, though? Hmm. Falk, Krug, and Pareko all got the exact same contracts. Seven by eight by six and a half. Mm-hmm. And then they let Petrangelo leave as part of doing that. 
the, what's so funny about that is that a lot of these contracts are like our Shirelli disease. It's rewarding loyalty and overpaying for a, for a Stanley Cup run. And Except for the one guy who was like probably your best skater of the entire run. And also you gave the goaltender, uh, what, a six-year contract at $6 million as well? And Jordan Ooh. Bennington? To absolutely shit down his shit down his leg. Then you night. then you let Villa Huso walk, even though he was the better of the two. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think about when they played Detroit. That yep. had that he had to make that decision right then and there because think about who's on the other side of the ice during that game. How many former Blues are in Detroit Red Wings uniform? That helped beat them that day. Peron. Um, let's see. There was there was uh I'm trying to look at the list right now. Peron. Um cop. No, not cop. Not cop. Fabry. Yeah, Robbie Fabry. Though, uh, yeah, there was a lot. Well, Peron was out because he because he was he was suspended. Billy Huso. Yep. Um, I think Rasmussen and Fisher, mm-hmm. one of the two. There was like four. And then Perron as well, who, as you mentioned, was uh, serving in suspension. Mm-hmm. So, which we haven't even really had a chance to dissect any of those hits either, uh, the suspension and stuff like that. But we can touch on that briefly. Do you think the Perron six-game suspension, fair, not fair? Mm-hmm. Uh he he shouldn't have fucking done that, man. He cross-checked Artem Zub right in the neck. And like he the right guy. It wasn't even the right guy. It was Matthew Joseph that was probably that 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 was kind of it was a freak play. Emotions run high, you know. I mean six I think, games seems like a lot. I think that's why he didn't get and I'm not a fan of David Perron. I, I think not, I think the circumstances of Larkin being on the ice. Clearly not seeing that it wasn't Zub who made the hit. I think mm-hmm. that's why they kept it under two digits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, don't I, I still think I still think even six games was a bit much, but you can't be doing that. You still can't be doing that. Yeah. Well, it also was one of those things where he had time to think through not doing it. Mm-hmm. And he still went ahead and did it. And Peron, it, it's not like it's some hot-headed kid who's, you know, 14 games into his NHL career and you know what I mean like this is a an aged veteran who should know better. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I saw six games and I went, "Okay, I get it." Like it, it had How does he get six games and Nick Cousins gets none? That's the problem. Is the inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they want to look at everything in a vacuum and then they want to go, well, why are you complaining that it's inconsistent? Yeah, right. But, yeah, anyway. Nick Cousins gets none. Gabranson gets one because of the, uh, because of the instigator rule. Yeah, of, right. But, but he tracked him down. He did, yeah, he kind of did, yeah. He said, you, get the fuck over here. We're going at it. And he turtled. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. And so he turtled. He tried to get him to unturtle by driving his his fucking head into the ice. If he stands up and fights, do you think Gabranson gets suspended? 
No. Because if he stands, because if he stands up and fights, that situation doesn't happen. Right. And yeah. actually, standing up and fighting—that's a situation that we saw tonight in the Bruins Blues uh, Bruins Rangers game, because yeah. Frederick and Truba go at it after the last time Truba whacks him in the head with a stick that no one called. Like, yeah, that that blew me away. Still even, blows me away. Uh, I forget who tweeted it out. Someone tweeted it out the other day. NHL officials need to do post-game interviews. Oh yeah, yeah. That's been a that 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 we need we need that we need that we we need to have like an explanation other than player safety. Right. It's, it's a, we fucking Wes McCauley needs to go in front of a camera and be and we have to be like, hey fucker, why did <laughs> maybe not that harsh, but hey fucker, why did you call what call what you called here? Right. Oh, there's a big and a game in brawl breaking out between the Yotes and Buffalo right now. That'll be interesting. It's mm -hmm. a nothing game with 25.8 seconds left in the third. And there's an all out brawl in the empty net right now. So, but it, it gotta get them in front of cameras. It's okay to be wrong. Mm -hmm. You, we just need to know why you were wrong. Exactly. You know, do you remember last year when there was that icing call that never happened in the Bruins game? Cause the puck went through the crease and it was yes. like that whole yes. shit. All yes. we and, needed, we, and we had no idea why that was called the way it was. And we still don't know. Right. And all the official has to do is come out at the end of the game and go, this is what I saw. This is why I didn't blow it dead for icing. I was wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll call it better next time. I mean, human error is part of any sport. hundred percent. But then so, you, and tonight you you come in with the uh, the phantom or la, let's go with last night the phantom trip call on Pasternak to end reg regulation, phantom trip call to end regulation on Pasternak. Tonight there was a high sticking call on Lindholm where the stick went into where I believe it was Trocheck put the stick in his own face. Right, and that's one where if you have the rest come out, all they say listen, I I've seen the replay, I got it wrong. What mm -hmm. I saw in the moment was the stick got him up high. I called mm -hmm. the high stick. Right. That's all you got to do. That's it. it. It it doesn't take that much. I don't know what the league is so worried about because it's not like the officials are going to get sued because they got a call wrong. Like, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, you know, shout out to our partners over at DraftKings. I put bets on the game too. Officials are going to get calls incorrect. You have to take that into consideration when you're making the decision whether or not you want to make a wager. Mm -hmm. I have no right to sue the National Hockey League because Wes McCauley called an offsides that they reviewed, got wrong, and it went against me. Mm -hmm. Okay, the ref's an idiot. It happens. <laughs> the ref's an idiot. Yeah, it, but... It's, it's, anyway. We seem, to, we seem to ask this question every year, but is refing just adding it is, is refing just worse than it's ever been i don't know but they they have the best refs in the world so who knows every league hey. fucking says that don't <laughs> every don't league says that every they, league says that but they don't uh, but no, they there's, they're still better than the 20 plus thousand in the stands don't get me wrong mm -hmm. and the other thousands that are watching from home probably are only better because of the benefit of replay mm -hmm. but i digress this is a long, far ways away from Craig Berube is now fired. 
<laughs> yeah, we kind of went. We kind of took a long walk up a short pier there. Um, okay. Baruby's fired, and it may have came and went had there not been a uh, comment by okay. a Doug Armstrong and B Jordan Cairo. Now Cairo comes out and says, and they ask him like, what do you, what do you, or what are your feelings on Craig Brewery being fired? And Cairo says, I have no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Yeah. People, people are going to take, people are going to take that. People are going to take that in a way. All you have to do is say, all you have to do is say like, you know, he was a great coach, but you know, we're looking forward to, we're looking forward to the future. We're looking forward to what we're going to be doing with our new coach in Bannister. And then that's it. But the no comment people, that's the, that, that's a fire being stoked right there. Yeah, I think some of it was, I think it was Jim Rutherford who had the tweet, Jeremy Rutherford who had the tweet with the mm -hmm. initial quote on it. And like, when I saw that, I was like, all right, that looks bad, but I, I got to know the context right mm -hmm. here. I found it right here. He says, Kairu on relationship with Barubi. I'm reading the quote verbatim quote. I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. End quote. End of tweet. Yeah, right. So, and it's a tweet. There's no video either. So we can't get like, we can't get diction. We can't get, you know, election of voice. We can't get any of that. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, that doesn't look good for Kairu. But at the same time, I don't know what their relationship was like. Now, granted, it's come out. They did not have the greatest of relationships. So for him to sit there and say, no comment, he's not my, co my coach anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a very acceptable answer, depending on what the question was. We get mm -hmm. no question. We got we have no context as to what the question even was. Right. There's no audio of it. There's no video of it. And so I'm going to call out Jeremy Rutherford and say, you put that out there in the universe without thinking of the consequences. Because, yeah, the quote is the quote, but also context matters. Mm -hmm. So at least put the question or put the few words he said leading up to it. Mm -hmm. now yeah. obviously it turned into more because the fans boo him and he starts getting you know teary-eyed and crying during the follow-up and all that stuff and that's what's made it blown up blow up before but i didn't have a problem with the answer once i found out more about the context mm -hmm. i mean i don't know i just think that Ky i think kairu could have handled that better i really do like i think it's just you don't have to say like he's not you don't have to start it with he's not my coach anymore because that 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 starts it on a bad footing. That starts it on a bad footing. You just go from there. Yeah, but again, depending on we have no audio and and you're talking about a, a, a interesting that we have no audio of that. Right. Yeah. And, and but to his defense, he or did video. not deny the quote. Mm -hmm. He didn't deny the quote. In fact, he didn't I, say it was taken out of context. He didn't say any of that. That's right. Right. And so, but which also makes me think that he's also trying to be the bigger person in a different situation where, you know, you know, someone asks, someone asks you, you don't have a great relationship. It is kind of taking the high road to just be like, he's not my coach anymore. I'm not going to comment on that. I want to talk about what we're going to do going forward. Mm -hmm. Now, if mm -hmm. he said, I want to talk about what we're going to do going forward. 
Rutherford left that part out of the out of the quote. Yeah, why yeah. clicks? Yeah. So without audio, why clicks? <laughs> without audio, it's speculation. But I can't imagine that it was just he's not my coach anymore. I have no comment. Next question. We're not talking about uh, Drew Rosenhaus. The next question speech here. Mm-hmm. And again, he's 25. He's still young. It's not exact. I mean, yeah, he's been around for a little while, but like, you know, it, it, he's he's the type of, of guy who's known he was going to go to the NHL for years. So it's not exactly like he's the most well-read on how to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so getting coach to say no comment on something that you know you probably shouldn't say bad words about somebody in, not the worst move. I, I think it took a life of its own, though. It really, yeah, it did. It did. And what did you think of? What did you think of the of the? Um, what did you think of uh, the Blues fans booing? Kairu for that. I mean, classless. Mm-hmm. Because not what clearly they didn't sit there and think about the fact that, you know, hey, the guy that coached you to your only Stanley Cup clearly can't do the job anymore. It's not like Jordan Kairu came out and said, oh, this guy sucks as our coach and then mm-hmm. got him fired. You know, this isn't, there was no spin in the same way that there's been spin that Jake DeBrus got Bruce Cassidy fired. Mm-hmm. The spin just wasn't there. So I don't get why they just, you know, now if they boot him once fine, but they boot him every time he touched the puck in a game, they were winning at times. Yeah. The the game puck. They were winning. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, you took it too far. Now mm-hmm. it sounds like, after tonight's game, everything is all kind of packed nice and neat. Went out. He got some points. They cheered for him. They gave him a standing ovation. Everything, the, you know, the toothpaste is back in the tube, I guess. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> that was such a messy situation, though. Because it, but, but it all, it's a messy situation. And all of it can be really just boiled down to a few simple components. And the most simplest component is... Armstrong's out of moves. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I I don't think so. I think he has some stuff where he can work on fixing this because, I, you know, players... No, I mean, he's out of moves as in if he can't... Like, the he he got the coach... The, like, his the coach card, that's the trump card. That's the one card you play when you have nothing left. Yeah, he's got to find a way to convince some of his defensemen to waive their no-trade clauses. Yeah. Um basically and not get and not get publicly mad at them when they don't because right. you signed it, you idiot. And the funny thing is is the the two guys that he wants to keep around are the two guys who don't have movement clauses. Kyru mm-hmm. and Thomas. Yeah. I mean, I would want to keep around. I would want to keep them around. I feel like that's that that's point. part of my core. That that's my point. They're the only ones that don't have movement clauses. So they're the easiest ones to move. People are going to want them, and yet they're the two that you don't want to move the most. Yeah, right. Like, I would be going to Pavel Buchnevich and being like, okay, who's on your list? I got to know. Yeah, right. Um, even Kevin Hayes, he's having a good year. He's got a good contract. 
you can look to move on from Kevin Hayes. Yeah, it's already there's already one team that's retaining on him, so you can only get one. There's one more team that can take on a little bit of his contract. Right, right now his cap hit for them is three and a half, and some change. So yeah, for three and a half, that's pretty good. He's doing pretty well over there. Right, and right now, just looking at St. Louis's board, they have two second rounders and two third rounders this year. Two seventh rounders this year, no sixth. Otherwise, their first, fourth, and fifth they have as well. So not a bad draft board, but given where you are, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's talk that they may try and make Bennington available. I mean, who's gonna take who's gonna take him? I mean, you could you could sell Bennington on cup winning goaltender. You can sell Bennington with – I also think for the next four years, if you retain $2 million and now he's a $4 million goaltender for somebody else, $2 million yeah. shouldn't cripple you that much given where right. you're at and what you can also, Yeah, also given where the cap's going. Right. And, by the way, it makes him that much more appealing to a team like, you know, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Who, who can't buy a save this year to a team like Edmonton who needs some help there. Like it allows them to have to shift a few things around a little less. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, honestly, even Toronto could become in the market. At, at Carolina now today, they just waved auntie Ranta. Anderson's okay. There's gotta be a trade in the works there. Cause Anderson's not close to ready. Oh God. No. He, he Anderson's not close to ready. Kochekov, Kochekov seems to be writing the ship a little bit over there. He's doing, he's being a consistent goaltender right now. He's not, not being good. He's being consistent. <laughs> I was going to say, not great, mm-hmm. but he's being consistent enough. I don't think he is the problem right now. I'm trying to pull up his statistics on the year so far. Well, the, his statistics on the year aren't going to look great, but I would look at like probably his last four or five games. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I'm trying to pull up right now. Yeah, uh, like NHL.com game logs or something. What a name to spell, Kochetkov. There we go. Uh, last five games, hockey reference. Uh, starting back on, let's see, twelve two. Home against Buffalo, 6-2 win. Road, 6-1 loss to Edmonton. Yikes. 3-2 loss to, to Calgary. Oh, that's happening to everybody right now, to be fair. Which one? The loss to Edmonton? Uh, the 6-1 loss to Edmonton. They're kind of on They're kind of on a heater right now. He was also only on the ice in that one for 546. So I think he came in and only gave up one that goal. Yeah. Shots, six, three saves. Oh, no. He might have started. Yeah, you got the L. Not a good game. But I think that's right when McDavid started to catch fire and uh, started no. scoring like three and a half points a game. Yeah. So can't really fault him on that one. <laughs> uh, again, then fo- followed up with a 3-2 loss to Calgary. He had brought up and- that. Yep. What was that? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. what were you saying Ian brought up? No, I was gonna say Ian brought up that brought up that uh the stat about McDavid and scoring like scoring like two and a half points a game, and I'm like, that's not real. And I looked it up; it was like 23 points in his last nine games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's fucking he's been ridiculous. stupid. He's been stupid. 
he's healthy. That's all it comes down to. He's healthy again. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, a four-one win over Ottawa and a two-to-one win over Detroit. Both he played the full sixty. Both he gave up one goal. So, like, I think he's starting to find it over these mm-hmm. last two games. Really, three because a three-two loss at Calgary. Keep in mind, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Detroit. Those were all road games. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed mm-hmm. about most of the Russian goaltenders, you see it in Sorokin. You see it in Kochekov, I believe, if you really go back and look at his stretch of games in the National Hockey League. You see it in Vasilevsky. They need to play to find their groove. Mm-hmm. When they're not playing a lot of games, they're up and down in their production. And I think that's what we're seeing from Kochekov. If they basically just start handing him the net every night, three out of four games, I think he'll find his groove. Mm-hmm. Cause you're also, I'm also looking at it going 12, two, 12, six, 12, seven. So he started back to backs, Edmonton and Calgary, and then 12, 12 and 12, 14. So he's, it looks like based off of the days off in there, he started their last four. Mm-hmm. And the first two losses, Edmonton, Calgary, Goals again, uh, save percentage of eight, 889 and 500. And then, mm-hmm. boom, all of a sudden, flips the switch. Ottawa, Detroit, save percentage 96-9 and 96-2. Gives up two goals in two games, and they both come out as Ws. Mm-hmm. So I think that says something about him finding where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I think there's another move in there. There's got to be. There's got to be because, like – there's nobody else. There's nobody else um, right now that's in the Carolina system that can take on. If uh, Rant is on waivers, I mean, Rant is on waivers, but they could keep him up. But they're obviously trying to clear some cap. They have about eight mil uh, estimated coming up at the deadline. So yeah. they're trying to clear some cap now, though. Yeah. Yeah. Current cap space two seven. It's interesting, to say the least. I think there's also another move coming from Colorado because they just moved to Tar for a pick to Seattle. Yeah, it's, it wasn't working over there for him. One goal in twenty seven games. It wasn't working, but also now, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, is this just a matter of we're gonna cut bait? Thanks for trying. Have a nice day, or. I mean, this was a September free agent pickup, so it may be just like we're cutting our losses now. Certainly didn't work out the same way Danton Heinen has for Boston. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted Tatar. I wanted Tatar on Boston. I think Tatar Tatar would have been a good fit the same way Thomas Noshik was last year. Yeah. But, But, I mean... Tatar, Tatar is an infinitely more offensively gifted than Noshik oh, is. Sure. But yeah. I, I can't complain about the way the Boston lineup is folding out right now. So um, mm-hmm. beyond that, also, um, let's see, both Chris Tanev, Patrick Line, oh, and Ryan Reeves are all now injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Line so six. The weeks. Tanev thing is interesting because yeah. it, it looked like he was on a fast track to go to uh, Toronto, and now he's not. Well, Toronto has to clear some cap space, so I don't know how fast that track would have been. 
but it was like, but it was like he's going to Toronto. He's going to Toronto, and they they want. Then Conroy was the con. I guess Conroy was ready to deal, but then pulled back at the last second and said, "Wait, let's wait it out a little bit." And then Tanev gets hurt. Well, no, the the deal. I I don't know about that because I know Treliving wanted both uh, Tanev and uh, Zadorov mm-hmm. in the same deal which would have required salary retention right now. Toronto can't make a move without salary retention on either one of them or both. So that's mm-hmm. why the Zadorov deal went down the way that it did. Now there's no way they can get Tanev injured or not with the way their money situation is. They have to send something back. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Although now with, depending on what the injury is to, to Ryan Reeves. I mean, maybe now's their excuse to be like, Oh, he broke a toe. He's on LTIR for the rest of the year. I mean, you could say that he broke a toe when he fell down the steps of the, of to, to the, to the training room. Just, I couldn't believe that when I, I saw I didn't that. Catch that part of it, but I just watched them skate into the boards and I'm like, what? No one hit you. Mm-hmm. you. You couldn't, he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop himself from hitting the boards and he couldn't hit the boards in a way that wouldn't injure him. And this is like kind of six minutes a night. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a blessing in disguise for Toronto because now it could be like, this is like $1.3 million that we don't need to allocate. Problem is, is now once he's healthy, he has to play again. Mm-hmm. So if you reallocate the one, the 1 million and change, you got to, plan to allocate it back once he's healthy which is just you know a waste of space right now on that roster i mean well right now if i'm toronto i'm coming up to him he's laying on the tree on the on the on the bed getting treatment and i'm gonna tell him to bite his wallet and he's gonna say why and i'm gonna take his foot and i'm gonna (laughs) and i'm gonna i'm gonna spend the next hour trying to make it look like an accident you can sue me for all practice it's okay. Old old yeller him. Yeah. Yeah. Put him. Yeah. Put him behind the, put him behind the air Canada center and just like shoot his toes with a BB gun until one breaks. Listen, I don't know what happened to your knee, man, but when you went into those boards, it fucked your knee up. All of a sudden. Oh, it didn't. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, Stop, Ryan! Ryan, we're trying to we're we're trying to treat you. Stop screaming! <laughs> I just I I look at their situation. And I just they've got they've got to make a move. Their defense. I mean, their defense is being um, Max Lajoie and William Lagason can't be playing every night for them. No, and they just got Timothy Lilligren back, so I do think that gives them a little bit of a boost in the short term. Oh yeah, totally. So it. it it's just, what do you do? You know, like, you, you can't move Riley. You're not – are you moving TJ Brody? Like, okay. No, I don't think you can. I don't, I think, don't, you, I don't think you want to. I don't think you can move Riley, Brody, McCabe, or Lilligren. Mm-hmm. Because as expensive as they are, they're the ones that are actually doing something for your blue line right now. Mm-hmm. And right. Connor, Connor Timmons has been okay. You can upgrade him, but he, he's yeah. a preparing D-man, and that's what, what he's playing. So it, it's – you, you got to do something to up, upgrade it 
because you need to be able to put Jake McCabe or Lilligren on your third pair. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And Kling, I mean, they've already they've already put Klingberg on Robodah Island. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah, he's done, done. Apparently, well, well, I shouldn't say it's Robodah Island because, like, apparently, this is a, an injury he's been trying to play through for like over a year, and it just got to a point where he couldn't anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like the Taylor Hall injury. I think that's the yeah. same one that he was playing through with Boston last year. So yeah, uh, but at least they, you know, at least they got their injuries treated on time, unlike Velamaki. Yeah. Oh my God. So Yuso Valamaki, uh, Arizona Coyotes defenseman, apparently spent 14 hours in a Dallas ER without treatment and ended up getting 55 stitches in his face. Um, I don't know what the injury was exactly. I think he took a puck to the face or something. I'm not entirely sure. I think so. Yeah. And, and ended up having internal bleeding inside his face. Yeah. Like 14 hours? Yeah, he took a 93 mile an hour slap shot to the mouth and was transported mm-hmm. to a Dallas area hospital via ambulance. Mm-hmm. After arriving at the hospital, Velamaki reportedly was untreated, untreated for several hours and was even told to go to a hotel and return in the morning as, quote, overworked, unquote, employees were focused on more incoming trauma patients. I don't know. I think a puck to the mouth is pretty good trauma. Velmaki was with his wife and a Coyotes employee at the hospital. The shot to the face left him, quote, unable to function, unquote, and he reportedly had a hole in his mouth and significant internal bleeding, according to Daily Faceoff. I would simply just own the hospital. Five hours after first arriving at the hospital, Velamaki received 55 stitches. He lost three teeth and had a fractured bone. Doctors later... 14 hours. uh, Yeah. Doctors later reportedly told Velamaki that if he had went home to a hotel or went to a hotel, he could have died by asphyxiation of his own blood. Yep. I'd own the hospital. I would simply just own it. It would be mine. I would sue. I would sue so fucking hard. So I'm still reading this. This this article I'm reading from is from foxnews.com. Their sources are, you know, daily face off, so on and so forth. Uh, Let's see. A spokesperson for the NHLPA confirmed it is jointly investigating this matter with the NHL. As they should. Yeah, no shit. Or the Coyotes immediately responded to an email. Makes sense. The hospital Mm -hmm. reportedly originally told Velamaki he could not have surgery until two days later, but the NHLPA stepped in for him to have surgery in the early morning hours. Velamaki reportedly sat in the ER for an hour without care, and it took four hours until his face was even cleaned up. Stars doctors tended to Velamaki at the arena. So this is where the whole don't they have trainers question comes into play. Right. Uh, They said surgery at a hospital was necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would simply own the hospital. It would be mine. I mean, I would, I would, I would own that. 
I would fire everyone involved. <laughs> and this is where I have the, the question. It says that um, he was told to go to the hotel and return in the morning as overworked employees. They put quotes around overworked. So I would hope because if someone's having that conversation and they do the air quotes, you know, they were quote unquote overworked. Yeah. Um, I would hope before someone puts that out there, they actually looked into just how busy that ER was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. He was a high priority patient. It should not have taken five hours. Right. However, this is America. There could have been a mass shooting. Yeah. So not knowing what else was going on in the hospital, there is a point where you have to sit there and go, okay, as long as he doesn't go into shock, as long as he doesn't go into... Which from the sound of it was a risk. Right. But again, if he had stayed at the hospital like he did, if he goes into shock, now all of a sudden, instead of being a lower level emergency, he's a higher level emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the ER is, it, you know, the worse you are, the higher your your priority. Right. And so as long as he's sitting there holding ice on his face and he's coherent and not having any issues, the way they triage, he can wait. Now, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Holding I'm not your face, losing three teeth over 50 stitches in your mouth. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I'm not trying to sit here and defend. All I'm saying is, is that's where it's going to get in the weeds. Mm -hmm. What is the overworked employees, you know, because it says as they focus on more incoming trauma patients. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you couldn't have looked at him and said, Hey, we we're too busy here. There's another ER over here. Try them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not go back to the hotel right go back to the hotel where you could have died i i just right. <sighs> yeah and then there's going to be the argument of well athletes shouldn't get special treatment blah 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 like they should can, can they get some can, can they, they get some treatment can they get regular treatment is the question yeah right <laughs> But you know, it, it, it's he's he's back. He's playing. He's playing with the uh, with the face mask on. What and, an absolute! Uh, what an absolute animal! <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Talk Hockey about players, man. talk about being an animal, though. The Coyotes this year are fucking good. They are. They're good. Um, here's here's where the good um, where I didn't see coming. Carl Vilmeca's been pretty ordinary. He's been pretty ordinary, but Connor Ingram has taken up the slack for him. So let's dive into that as we go around the league right after we hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. We'll be right back. Let's keep the lights on, shall we? Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Tons of games coming up this week, including the Capitals visiting the Carolina Hurricanes and the Anaheim Ducks visiting the New Jersey Devils. Download the app now and use THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting at just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Welcome back. Shout out DraftKings. Uh, got a nice little uh, parlay win earlier tonight. So uh, thanks to thanks to DraftKings. Got a nice four gamer in there, including one of the football games actually from today. So it uh, check it out. It, it's fun. It's easy. It's uh, you, you don't have to gamble big just to have fun. Mm-hmm. You won five bucks on a on a four leg on a one dollar bet, right? Something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I'm not exactly betting the house over here, but you know what? Hey, it's- you know what? Hey, you know what? That's that is that is a dollar that turned into a morning coffee. Exactly. Yeah. I'll take a free morning coffee, or well, a, a free morning coffee once in a while. Yeah, there you so. go. But anyway, uh, we were talking about the Coyotes, Vamelka and Ingram before break. Uh, those two. I mean, as bad as Vamelka has been playing this year. He's still not, been bad. He's he's been he's been okay. Between him and Ingram, they are a plus five in the goal differential column, which has been no a bad. big problem. That is a column that has been a big problem for them for like what five years now? Uh, maybe longer than that, but yes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think you're gonna start to see Vamelka turn a little corner here. In fact, they might mm-hmm. even I, I I would hate to see them deal off Vamelka this year because mm-hmm they would be selling so low on him right now. Right. But I mean, we're, we're, we're starting to, we're starting to see, we're starting to see what happens when you, when you sell low, it's a uh, Tatar fifth round pick. Yeah. Jackson, 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 Nika gets a C level prospect and a sixth, a conditional sixth. Like, yeah. I mean, is there much lower that you can sell on Jackson, Nika though? Not really. Like, Ruin sold low on them and they still, they got, they got fuck it, Mike. Um, they they fleeced Vancouver in that deal. Mm-hmm. DPHO looks solid in Providence right now with Brandon Bussey. Mm-hmm. And Mirenberg is a is a uh, is a guy that friend of the show, um, Dom Tiano is very high on. Yep, and also Svedback. Yep, mm-hmm. Svedback is another one. So mm-hmm. you know Bruins got some depth in goal. You know Arizona's got a couple good goaltenders. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to. I do want to start out west with Arizona. Arizona's only one one point out of a playoff spot behind the Blues, and we were just mm-hmm. talking about them having fired their coach. I don't. The Blues to- being in a playoff spot is amazing to me. The 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 Blues firing their coach is almost a panic move because mm-hmm. they are in a playoff spot. How often do you see that the head coach of a playoff team? Granted, things weren't going fantastic. They're still in the fucking playoffs. He was doing something right. Yeah. So, you know, granted, in the rearview mirror, you've got four four points behind him are the Edmonton Oilers, who are skyrocketing up the standings at this point, which 
they were the one team that I think everybody looked at and went, if anybody can come back from their badass start, it's mm-hmm. it's the Oilers. By the way, as of as of recording right now, Arizona is actually back in a playoff spot. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they, they beat Buffalo. Well, no, because uh, shut out Buffalo. St. Louis also won, so they would both get two points out of their game. Therefore, they'd still. Okay, win. all right, that must have just come through. Okay, they beat Dallas in OT. Okay, so I all think right. that's still accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Nashville Predators hanging on to that wild card spot, the first wild card spot out west. Um. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> good for them. Um, is that good for them, though? Good I, for them, but is that good for them? Yeah, I think you follow where I'm going with that. I do. And no. <laughs> it's not good for them because they're... Not to take you, fuckers! <laughs> well, they're in no man's land. They're in purgatory. By the way, one last one last note on the Coyotes before we go fully into the Na- Nashville. Vimelka sucks. No, not Vimelka sucks. Vimelka's had had not a great year. Uh, he's 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 been kind of ordinary. Da 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 da. And you go. He's about to turn the corner. He just pitched a shutout against one of the high higher powered offenses in the NHL. Yeah, I think he's starting to find it right now. Like I think yep. I think if you go back and look last year, I don't think he started out the gate on fire. He mm-hmm. came around in that December time frame, lit it up in like, you know, December, January, February. People were like, oh, fuck, this guy's got to move at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he got off to a very, very hot start last year. I'd have to go back and double check the numbers. But, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, OK, every once in a while he'd have a good game. And you're like, all right, they mm-hmm. might have something here. And then all of a sudden December came the flip, the switch flipped and you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah, right. So I I would keep an eye on Arizona because they're playing well as a team and they're getting good goaltending. Overall, good goaltending. Mm-hmm. Now, are they setting themselves up for a first round spanking? Sure, 100%. Because the second wild card team faces the, the best record in the West, right? The the first, the second wildcard team is best record in the West right now. If the playoffs were to start today, you'd get according to NHL.com, which I don't know if they've they've updated it, but so I'm just gonna go by what they have right now as of uh, yeah, yeah, Arizona would face Win Win no, Winnipeg. No Arizona. What? No Arizona's out of it. I'm looking at NH. Uh, refresh that. What do you have for points for uh, Arizona? Hang on, I closed the app. Now I'm going to reopen it. I'll refresh my page too. Gotta love the NHL app. Gotta love the NHL website. Yeah, I still have Arizona with 32 points. Oh, no, mine updated. So the Blues are out of the playoff spot. So it would be Arizona. They would face Vegas because Vegas has 45 points. Why is... Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. You got to sort it by wild card. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They Oh, yeah. Okay. Arizona would face Vegas. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what has happened? Ari- NHL's website fucking sucks. Okay. Yeah. They would face Vegas and they would get fucking killed. Well, let me ask you this. Who's in goal for Vegas? Aiden Hill. I don't know. Logan Thompson. That. Hmm. Put both in there and see what happens. Probably get a. You probably get. You probably get a penalty. 
<laughs> you probably get a closer series than you think. I, I would say probably. I, I don't think Arizona gets swept. Mm-hmm. Because you also got to look at Vegas and know they get hurt a lot. They do. Especially with where Mark Stone is right now in his career. Right. Um, so, Nashville would play Winnipeg, and I think that would be a good series. Would they play Winnipeg or would they play Vancouver? Because Vancouver's next in the point standing. They would play Winnipeg because of where Winnipeg is in their conference. Which is funny because Winnipeg is in first with 38 points. Dallas and Colorado are in second and third, both with 38 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The West is a um but that I'll, I'll say it's I'll, I'll say the West is interesting. I'll say that the Winnipeg matchup would be a damn good one though. Oh, it sure would be. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one that's one where I might actually take Nashville. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Winnipeg, uh, they turn into dog shit in the playoffs 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. They just like forget how to play. But yeah. then you have then you'd have Dallas, Colorado in the first round. That's kind of disappointing. That's a second round matchup to me. Dallas and Colorado play in the first round. I would be so mad. And then and LA versus Vancouver. Another good matchup that you'd see in the first round. Mm-hmm. Now that, that one would be a fun match. But you're setting yourselves up for Dallas Vegas. So, you know, that would yeah. be but even still, Edmonton, 27 points. They're only five points behind Arizona. After how they started, I think they'll take that. I, I think they will. I, I mean, right now. I think, I, I think if, if I remember correctly, uh, ever since they fire Woodcroft, they are 10, 3, and 3. No, they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 right now. Mm-hmm. So if they keep that kind of pace going. Yeah. They they could still win the division with that kind of pace. If we're gonna if, if we're gonna talk about paces, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up what San Jose has done ever since their start. Oh my god, yes. They are they started the year 0-10, 0-10 and one. They are nine, eight, and two since then. That's a that's an over five hundred point percentage. Yeah, they're just over just over five hundred. Just good over. for them. Good for them. But is it good for them? (laughs) Well, considering the fact that their competition right now is Anaheim and Chicago, it's fine. Man, Anaheim Anaheim came out of the gate real well, but I think... They're one and nine in their last ten. Jesus. No, yeah, and they're getting pumped every night. Something's going on there. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. They, They... They started- I think they have. I th- I think they're in a better position than they were with Dallas Eakins as a coach. I think Greg Cronin's a better coach than him, but I think it's. I think it. I don't know if it's something going on more than it's just they're more than a year away, and that's okay. Are they three years away from being a year away? Possibly. I mean, they gotta. They gotta figure out what they're gonna do with all these vets. To be fair. Yeah, I, I mean that's a team that I'm calling, trying to convince them to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at a they're they're a team that has to sit there and go, okay, who is our future? Zegris, mm-hmm. Harry, you know, all those guys. And I know you want to keep guys like Silverberg and um, uh, what's his name? The other one there. Um, why Strom. am I not Strom? The other one. So he's been there with Silverberg, Vetrano. 
No, Vetrano's taking a dip, though. He was scoring at an astronomical pace to start the season, and ever since he stopped, their goal scoring has dried the fuck up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who's the other one, though, that plays on the wing? Silverberg and... McTavish? No, McTavish is part of the future. I'm talking about the other mm-hmm. veteran. Oh, the... Henrique. Henrique, thank you. I don't yeah. know why I was blanking on that, but you'd like to have them stay with the organization but yeah because they can't all be kids at the same time what you need is you need someone like mctavish to take over and be like this is my team now i'm getting the c and that allows you to move on from them Mm -hmm. whether it's terry whether it's zegris whether it's you know mctavish um that other uh not not carlson the rookie the defenseman mintikov Minchikov. Minchikov is legit. You know, someone just needs to grab the bull by the horns and be like, all right, we're fucking just doing it this way. I, I'm leading us now, you know, on and off the ice, so on and so forth. But they're just, you know, Dostal's come back to earth. Gibson's come back to earth. I think both are still movable. I think this is proving they're, um, they're right about in the Owen Power draft years for Buffalo right now. Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. when they were back where they were, so Buffalo's turned a corner now. That Zach add Zach Benson to that lineup, he gets healthy. Holy fuck, they've turned a corner. They can score now. They can score now. They just they just can't put the puck keep the puck out of the net in with any consistency right now. No, UPL's playing very very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Levi, after coming back up from his trip down to the American Hockey League, has played much much better. I. Mm-hmm. I don't see them closing the gap, but I do see them jumping a little bit in the standings. Um, we can transition over to the East now if you want, or we can, was there anything in the left? I mean, Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, you know, not much to really say on those teams other than just consistent. Uh, the only other thing that I think I should, I think we should say, we, we should probably touch on this a little bit. And it's kind of a, kind of a, a situation is what, what the heck is going on in Minnesota right now? Um, with, the, with the Billy Garen story. Supposedly it's off ice stuff and he'll be able to work through it. It's more so I'd be more worried about what happens now that his assistant's been fired. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. He was their capologist. Like, imagine if all of a sudden you were just like, oh, what the fuck? Evan Gold is out of the Bruins organization? Like, Yeah, right. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, no. The guy who's been balancing the the 69 nice million dollar checkbook that we are the only team that has to be under this parameter is now gone. Right. Like, something, something, something's going on over there, and, and maybe it's bleeding down to the players. Dean Everson got fired. Billy Garen's under investigation. The assistant GM is gone. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is being very mortal. Uh, oh, he, he stars went- aren't playing like stars. Gustafson's had an awful year, even though he's starting to turn the corner just a little bit right now. All of that, and they're four points out of a playoff spot. <laughs> yeah, with all that, although you think Flurry could become available? Think who? Whomst? Mark Mark Andre Fleury could become available. You got to call on him, though. You got to call on him. I mean, I think if, I think if you're a team that needs goaltending, 
needs 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 a ballast maybe not necessarily a starter but a ballast you you make a call toronto <laughs> oh no but martin jones is pitching shutouts right now that's not gonna last no it's not and i'm sorry but i if i'm toronto and i and i, I can find a way to make it work you move on from Jones and Samsonov, mm-hmm. and you bring in Flurry, and then you have Flurry and Wall. Like mm-hmm. Mark Andre Flurry is going to do something good for for Joseph Wall at that point, like just by being in the room with him. Yeah. So that helps. You still need defense, so I wouldn't necessarily make it a priority, but it's you know, do you trust Phoenix Copley to back up Cam Talbot if you're LA? Uh, you're going to have to, I think, um, they like Copley over there. They really do. He's playing well. He's Mm -hmm. playing well. New Jersey could be an option. They need something. New Jersey is too good to be this middling. Detroit, I think could make a swing for somebody too. I don't know what det- I'm not sure what Detroit needs right now. I don't know if it's the defense or the goaltending or both. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Lyon needs to be their starter. Um, I'm actually going to have a, a good conversation about the Detroit Red Wings next week. Uh, my buddy Devin Lawrence from the Hockey Writers is joining joining me on Thursday, so hopefully you nice. can be too. Um, but he is a a Red Wings specialist, so. We'll get a little bit more insight into how Patrick Kane has helped that locker room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're in the first wild card spot right now, based off of where they're at. Uh, ooh, who has the tiebreaker between the Bruins and the Rangers? Uh, the Rangers right now. So Detroit would play the Rangers right now. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good matchup. Yeah, it would. And it would. I would that that would that would be fun. Boston would get Carolina. Fuck. <laughs> uh actually I that would be a good good matchup right now because I'd rather face Carolina than New Jersey. Mm-hmm. If I'm Boston. And then you have Tampa, um, you have Tampa, Florida, or not Tampa, Toronto, Florida. You 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 avoid one Florida team to hit the other one. And then Philly and New York. Islanders. The Philly Islanders series. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Might be the most boring series imaginable. That'd be the first one of the first the, the worst one of the first round. By far. By far. I mean, that's that's a, a team that is still playing trots puck in the Islanders versus a team playing torts puck. 2-1, baby. Every game. Every fucking game. Maybe, maybe, maybe 3-2. Maybe 3-2 if you're feeling spicy. Now... Looking at the standings, though, the Islanders are in third with 36 points. Then you've got the 
the Canes two points behind and the Devils three points behind. The Devils are only 10 points behind the New York Rangers. Now, mm-hmm. now that they're healthy, if they can find a way to fix their goaltending leak, that's another team that can do what Edmonton's doing and just start winning and going on a tear. Right now, there's the goaltending doesn't have to be good. The Devils are one of those teams where the goaltending doesn't have to be good. It has to be good, not great. But they're eight and two over their last ten games right now. Mm-hmm. They're moving. Mm-hmm. They are making their move, mm-hmm. and that's what this this year we could actually see that whole Thanksgiving Day rule be blown up. Because Detroit, Detroit was in the second spot, American Thanksgiving. They yep. are now in the fourth spot. They are, I don't want to say they're free falling, but they're falling. Five, four and five, four, five and one in their last 10. The Lightning, four, six and oh in their last 10. But they were starting to make their ascent. So they're only five points, or sorry, three points behind Florida for the three seed. They mm-hmm. can get Florida. Oh, revenge. They can catch Florida. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they could be on a pace to face the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round again. (laughs) Oh, my God. What if after all of this, you know, you're talking about the American Thanksgiving rule being being blown to shit. What if after all this, we end up with Tampa, Toronto? We very well could because Vasilevsky hasn't quite found his groove coming back from injury. But again, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, Russian goaltenders get pucks on him and play him a lot. He'll find his right. game, and all of a sudden, you look at that last. It's 10 the right of what you just said, the Russian goaltender. Yeah, you what? Like, I guarantee you, at some point in the next month and a half, you'll look at that last ten column, and you'll look at Florida, and they'll be like eight one and one, and you'll be like, "Oh, that's how they got into second place." Right. You know, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna sit there and be like, "Oh shit!" Do the Bruins have to worry about them? Like for a little while, for a little while, I was looking at the Panthers going, "Fuck, mm-hmm. they could, they could overtake the Bruins for the division." Now there's a team between them. I still I still think the Panthers are their biggest threat to to the division, mm-hmm. but with the Leafs in the middle, it makes it a hell of a lot harder for them to to take it over. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and and just looking at how the standings are right now, that's why I'm sitting here not backing down from my Bruins win the division claim. I mean, they still they they still have a five point cushion as of right now. Right, they have a five mm-hmm. point cushion, and I, I'm not worried about them playing Toronto. We've we've put that to bed. And Toronto has a lot of issues that, again, if they're not careful, the fucking Lightning could catch them. And the Wait, was it Jones? Was it Jones that shut him out, or it was Martin Jones that shut them out? Okay, all right. So oh, the, 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 the savior, the savior um, angle that you were playing in the preseason is still alive and kicking. For Martin Jones to be the savior for the Toronto Maple Leafs, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Detroit has an Alex Lyon, who is been wildly inconsistent for them but they're also doing a bullshit three goaltender system (laughs) you don't like that at the nhl level it is proven having three goaltenders is worse than having two i was gonna say does that mean you have zero 
having one of those. That's that's exactly what it is. If you have three goaltenders, you have zero. If you have two mm-hmm. goaltenders, then you have two goaltenders. Because mm-hmm. we have Boston, two goaltenders. Toronto, no goaltenders. Yeah. Florida, they have arguably two. Uh, obviously, Spencer Knight is still coming back up through the American League, but when he's back up, it's not exactly like they're going to bounce him back and forth. Right. They're just making sure he gets right before they bring him back up. They have a lot invested in the kid. He's supposed to be their future. Right. So taking their time with him. They're letting him figure it out. They're they're not going to rush the guy. They have, um, what's his name from Anaheim last year, backing up uh, Anthony Stolarz. Anthony Stolarz, yeah. Their number two. They have. Well, right now, right now, like, Huso, sub 900. Has played the majority of games. Huso is playing like shit right now. He is. Reimer is 9-11-2-5-8, but he's 2-3-2. Yep. Playing like, you know. James Reimer. Yeah. He's playing like James Reimer. Um, Alex Lyon, 4-3-9-32-2.14. He's playing the best, but hasn't gotten the best support. Yeah, correct. And also, also, I just kind of want to point out Patrick Kane is a minus seven in his first six games. How many points does he have, though? Two. Oh, it's almost like, I don't know, his his hips are fucked. Huh, maybe. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. They don't have a goaltender. That's my point. They have three guys that are meh. Mm-hmm. Alex Lyon can find a groove if you actually fucking played him. He he won't find it though because you had to cycle in two other guys. Tampa okay. Bay has one goaltender, one of the best in the world when he's healthy. Here's my question: How long is it going to be until he's healthy fully again? The guy had back mm. surgery. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. And Jonas Johansson proved to be a good short term solution. Unfortunately, they had a long term problem. They they proved to be a good short term solution, but you had chances to improve that for yourself and you didn't take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Montreal three goaltenders. They don't have a single one. Buffalo. Right they seem now. to think Montembeau's the guy, though. I mean, they just signed him to the extension not too long ago. But again, yeah. now now what what does that mean for Primo and Allen? Jake Allen, I think, hits the trade block. Oh, Jake Allen. If they're smart, Jake Allen is. If they're smart, they are aggressively shopping Jake Allen. To Edmonton. (laughs) I mean, that's not a a bad idea. (laughs) No, it's not. Buffalo, three goaltenders. Lukanen, Comrie, and Levi. Levi looks promising, but that's a long-term solution. You have no immediate play at goaltender right now. Lukanen's playing the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Levi looks better having come back up. Yeah, he's still raw. He's he he's still raw as shit. Right. And then the question is, is what the fuck are you doing with Eric Comrie? Like, mm-hmm. you know, why is he there? Yeah. Bullshit Aw- three goaltender system right now. Yep. He Aw- was Aw- he was backing up. He was backing up UPL today. Yep. Where did that leave Levi? The ninth floor. Yeah, exactly. You can only dress two per game. 
Mm-hmm. You only need two per game. Now, mm-hmm. here's what I would say. Um, and and I want to swing back to Boston in a minute because we're going to talk about Matt Poitra for a little bit. But Levi is in a different situation. At this point, if you're going to do your bullshit three goaltending system, send mm-hmm. Levi back down, to pro, back down to the American Hockey League. Let him get action at the pro level. He needs to play professional mm-hmm. hockey to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and if you want proof of that, look at Joey Decord. Seattle played the long game last year, kept Decord down in Coachella Valley. Is it Coachella mm-hmm. Valley for them? Coachella yeah. Valley, yep. And he fucking dominated. Mm-hmm. He won. He he. They got him. Got him to within one game of the Calder Cup. And he is starting to catch fire right now. In the last like five games, he's got a ninety a nine thirty four save percentage or something like that, mm-hmm. which is good. Like that's what fucking Seattle needs. Unfortunately for Seattle, they are so far out of the playoff picture right now. Like I, I'm, they're tied with Edmonton and Calgary. Let me rephrase. The difference is, is in order to get to a playoff position, they have to leapfrog Calgary and Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I still think uh, Seattle's Seattle's uh, they, team construction is very flawed. They also have to leapfrog over Arizona, Nashville, and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, or not St. Yeah, and St. Louis, Decord, uh, and, and Minnesota, and Minnesota. Do do, do do you want to hear a wild stat? You know what Joey Decord's record is this year? What? They, he's he's given them some. He's given them some solid, like you know, stabilizing in the goal in goaltending. His record this year is five, five, and six. Yeah, they can't. They can't score this year. Five, five, five and six. He's trying so hard over there. <laughs> you know what? He's got this year and next year on his deal. They could get a haul if they shopped him. Yeah. Because, at but one, why would they? Why they, they? They? I. If I'm Seattle, I'm like I don't want. I don't want to play Philip Grubauer another second. Grubauer's still injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they have him on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's their backup right now? Then I think uh, is it Drager? Drager, yeah, yeah, okay. And he and he's up at the end of the year too. Mm-hmm. Seattle has a serious goaltending problem. Like, let's face it, this year, I don't want to call it a waste, but they're not making a playoff run. Right now, they're trying to make a run for the playoffs, let alone a playoff run. Yeah. So, like, there's there, there, there's there's too much going on right now, um, above them and below them, rather, to uh I think I think to have that be serious. It, it's a matter of if you have two, you, you have two options come your deadline approach buy or sell or do nothing. I, I guess you could literally do nothing, but you know, that is an option. The Panthers proved that. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at them, like Boston, if I'm Boston, I'm looking to buy, I got to be careful about it, but I'm looking to buy and I'm looking to add to the back end. 
I would like to also add a forward if possible. Um, again, we'll, we'll, we'll have our Bruins minute for our Bruins fans. Um, but again, I'm buying mm-hmm. Toronto, right. same exact thing. I'm buying ideally for my back end, um, but cautiously. Florida mm-hmm. could use a boost to the back end as well if they want to make a deep playoff rush or push and, and another deep run this year. So they would be buyers. If I'm Detroit, I'm looking to buy. If I'm Tampa, I'm looking to buy. They're all contending and have the capabilities that if they get in, can make a run, and that extra piece would be helpful. Montreal mm-hmm. can sell. I don't want to say Buffalo can sell because they have – they can sell for a piece that will help them next year and beyond. Yeah. And so, like, hmm. They could make us. Ooh, that would be interesting. They could pull in a guy like a Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. Your pitch to Chicago is ain't nobody else calling for him. And you are in a lot more dire straits than you want to admit right now. You have Connor Bedard, and you are rotting him. You're rotting him. You're not offering up a blue chip prospect you're not offering up a zach benson or somebody like that but chicago doesn't exactly have a great cap situation either given where they are like right now they're supposed to have about 40 million come the deadline yeah go like with what they need with you know if you if you project out to next year because that's kind of where they're looking at they're Mm -hmm. gonna have about 51 million Problem is, is they're going from a roster size of 22 players down to six. Jesus. They're going from 42 standard player contracts down to 20. Mm-hmm. That $51 million ain't going to last as much as you think it will. It's it. They need to, they need to, they need, they need to fill the, fill, fill their roster. And like. They, for a they, team that's in this position, for this team, for the team that's in this the position that they're in right now, I'm, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a really hot take. For a team that is in the position that they're in right now, their prospect pool is kind of dog shit in comparison. Right, because their prospects are playing right now: Lucas Reichel, yeah. uh, Gutman, Bedard, um, Korchinski, Korchinski, yeah. Um, uh, Soderblom. Yeah. He's still Sa- yeah, Soderblom. S- Soderblom's been getting absolutely just murdered lately, which is a shame because he looked really good for a while there. He, he should get hazard pay. Yeah, yeah, for that's yeah. But I mean, like, you have like Lucas Reichel, who was supposed to take the next step. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge proponent. I've, I've said this publicly many times. I'm not a huge proponent of plus minus as a stat, as an individual stat, unless it's an extreme case. Lucas Reichel in 28 games is a minus 21. See, I uh, think that counts. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to plus minus for me, it it's a useful statistic in a large picture. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the micro, it's totally useless because one player can go out and have a plus seven game. If you, they can go out and have a minus seven game at the micro level, it's totally useless. 
at a macro level, on the other hand, yeah. it tells you something extremely important. Yeah. Lucas Reichel was a minus 21 in 28 games. Yeah. And, and that's that bad. Is that bad? <laughs> that's, that's kind of bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you said a minus 21 in 28 games. Okay. Well, yes. on the flip side, if someone has 12, 1,040 games and they're a plus 290, mm-hmm. that's a much larger sample size. And that, you know, that tells you good things happen when he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Right. And that and that's the example. Nick Foligno's a plus one for them. Right. It, it, it's not much. It's not yeah. much. But yeah. what that says to you, because he's played, I think, every single game this year for him. Well, you know, yes, he has all 29. It tells you one crucial question. Do good things happen when you're on the ice more often than bad things? Yeah. I mean, they have a few players like that. Uh, Dickinson's a plus three. And Dickinson's somebody who, could, who, 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 if you need like a bottom six boost. Yeah, he's someone, he's someone that I look at and I go, if Boston could swing for him. I wouldn't mind getting him. At physical play, he's got a little bit of offensive upside. He's only gonna he only costs two point six against the cap. Like mm-hmm. that, that's someone that if there's a, a good way to make him fit into the system, like I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, Grizzly for Dickinson straight up, but you know, as far as the lineup move for mm-hmm. Buff, I might consider something like that. Because Patrick Brown just ain't the guy. Especially when you're pay, playing him five, bringing him up to play him five minutes. Yeah. Like tonight. Um, so do you have anything else across the league before we get into a quick Bruins? I say quick Bruins. You and I can talk Bruins all night, but, you know, we'll quick few minutes on them before we uh, wrap up. Let's see here. Um, I I don't think so. I think, um, hang on. I think we'll try and sit down again over the next couple of days and, and whatnot, but you know, and if any, yeah, I think, yeah, I think for now, yeah. I think for now we're good. Uh, the Kings and the Kraken are in OT right now t- tied at two apiece. Seattle is being outshot 35 to 18. Guess who's in goal for Seattle. Seattle's being outshot 35 to 18. Yep. Oh, it's got to be the guy that we just talked about. Uh, sure. Dakota. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I figure out who's in goal for uh, for the Kings. It's, it seems like a Talbot game. Mm-hmm. I told you Talbot was due for a comeback. A bounce back year. You did say that. And you you were right about the Kraken, though. Their shooting percentage has dropped drastically, and look what's happened to them. I, I I hate being right about that kind of stuff because I because the Kraken was such a good story. But like, I did like over the summer, I did like a deep I did a deep dive into some of their statistics, and it's like this is this is not sustainable, and they didn't make any meaningful changes to their team. Ron Francis is being a little too patient. <laughs> I think is the right word. Like he's holding firm with a lot of what he's, what he's doing. Which is, 
I I look at see they have a lot of good pieces that they can start to look at selling off right now. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at how their team is built, they still have a lot of guys from the expansion draft. First of mm-hmm. all, no one's coming up through the system for them. I you know really that soon, but mm-hmm. finally have some prospects that they're going to want to try and take a look at. You know, um, mm-hmm. right? For instance, at some point they got to get him into the lineup. Shane Wright, yeah. And and if you're not going anywhere this year, then you might as well look at those options this year. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Wenberg, four point five mil ship him out and put in Shane Wright, like just to see what mm-hmm. you have as an example. You could do that. I don't want to, you know, some of them, you know, you got Jared McCann signed for this year and three more. So probably not someone I would look to ship out at that point, but like, you know, I, they just, I don't know why they brought in Thomas Tatar, like just maybe shake things up a little. Yeah. That, that feels like that's what that is. So, but They've got Eberly, uh, Wenberg, Yamamoto, Tatar, Tolvanen, holy shit, Baneers, um, Pierre mm-hmm. Edward Bellamar, Devin Shore. They have some good players, but they have no splash players. Those they're all gonna need new contracts next year. Next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say holy shit, because Maddie Baneers has already done his ELC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, and then they only have one goaltender under under contract for next year, and that's Joey Decord. And Grubauer's contract runs out. No. Um. Oh, sorry. Grubauer's got three more years. Sorry, he was on IR. Okay. Dryden is over. Okay. But they don't have a ton of picks. Mm-hmm. If you can move Joey Decord to get some picks, they probably should. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, let's swing it back to, to Boston for a minute here. I know I mentioned Matty Poitra in particular. Um, there's still drums being beaten for trade a goaltender, trade a goaltender. Uh, yeah. where do you want to start with this team in particular? Because at the end of the day, right now, they are the third best team in the league. And that's yeah. only because the Rangers have the tiebreaker after tonight. Right. They are still a top two team in this league. And is it smoke and mirrors? In what sense? So their last 19 games, they are 10, 5, and 4. They're 5, 3, and 2 in their last 10. Last 20 games. Last 19 games. Last 19 games, they're 10, 5, and 4. I'm talking, I'm just talking about those last 10. Okay. They're, they're nine, three, and three on the road. They are 10, two, and two at home. Mm-hmm. They have a goal differential of plus 21. Mm-hmm. They have a point percentage of 74, one. Mm-hmm. They are nine, 19, five, and five. Mm-hmm. And you want to know if that's a fluke? Is it? Um, what do you think? You are what you are. I agree. Until you're proven that you're not. I wanted to see. I wanted to see where you would go, but that's. You know what that is. You know what that is. That is the Bill Parcells. That is Parcells Razor. You are what your record says you are. 
Well, and and here's the other thing too. Like tonight, devastating loss in overtime. They manage the point, but let's also not forget the fact that they don't have Zaka. They don't have Forbort. As much as you love him, he's in their starting six. They don't have McAvoy. And uh, Pasternak got ejected halfway through the second period. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so, I might add. That was a that was a good call. But you're you're missing a Hart Trophy candidate in Pasternak. You're missing a Norris candidate in McAvoy. You're missing your number one center in Zaka, mm -hmm. and you're missing a key penalty killer. As much as it pains you to say, in Forbort, you are playing Waterspoon, which we'll come back to him in a minute. Yeah, I want to kind of talk about him for a second because I Mason think he's Lorai. he's he's, su he's surprised me. Mm -hmm. Mason Lorai. Mm -hmm. Yesterday you ended up playing Jesper Boquist. <laughs> right who now, who I like, who I liked, but mm, right now fit. your top line has Morgan Geeky at the center spot. Mm -hmm. Morgan Geeky, I love Morgan Geeky. He's not, not doing player. anything for you. Um, I don't hate it. Honestly, he's looked very good up there. Mm -hmm. Short-term solution for hopefully a short-term problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that That's what I can say about it. Now, mm -hmm. I'd love to see Matty Poitra get some time up there with a real goal scorer on his wing in David Pasternak. Mm -hmm. However, my question to you is, based off of how they play in practice and stuff like that, do you think they look at that as a combination that they know likely will work and they'd rather focus on building that one next season? Which one? Poitra Pasternak. Because I know they really, really like Zaka Pasta. They like Zaka Pasta, and as long as they don't put Marchand on that wing, I'm good. I I don't hate the brusque Zaka Marsh, uh, Pasta. They've no, I up. don't either. I think I think that line works. I think that line can work. I think I think Monty needs to stop tinkering mm -hmm. for a little while and just let it go. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now he's kind of forced to with Zaka out of the lineup, with uh, McAvoy out of the lineup. But do you think Zaka? But do, but do you think Montgomery? Like I agree ultimately, but do you think Montgomery does this because? he's trying to play to one of the strengths of this team. And that is the versatility of where you can place players. I think some of it is, is he is also overthinking from last year going last year in the playoffs. I fucked up. Mm -hmm. uh, Which he did. <laughs> I kept Grizz out of the lineup. Um, you know, we won the games that Coyle and Zaka were our one and two C, and then we put Bergeron and Krejci back in, and things weren't the same. I think this is him looking at it going, uh, you know, Matthew Poitra, you better be used to playing with anybody on this team mm -hmm. because at any given moment in the playoffs, you could go from Jake DeBrusque on your wing to Morgan Geeky to James mm -hmm. Van Riemsdyk to, oh, shit, we're in a panic mode of people are injured. Now you're centering Johnny Beecher. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got to be able to play with anybody mm -hmm. and make it work. Mm -hmm. and what do you think of that approach? It's, it's not wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong. And to your point, if you throw the brusque Zaka Poster out there, it's going to work. 
It's going to mm-hmm. work out. Now, are you going to throw that line out there against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Maybe not. Because as big as and physical as the brust can be, you can't protect both Pasta and Zaka. Mm-hmm. Zaka's a little bit bigger. You know, I mean, Pasta's proven that he can kind of hold his own. Yeah, Zaka can handle himself. Pasta can handle himself. That's not the line I'd be worried about. But if you were to face like a more skill and finesse team, like mm-hmm. I, I, Toronto's a good example. You could throw a line out there with Toronto against Toronto of uh, Martian, uh, Mar- uh, let's see, Martian, Patra, and Pasternak. Mm-hmm. Or Martian, Pasta, or Martian, Patra, and Heinen. Mm-hmm. Not an o- neither one of them are overly physical, but you could also do Zaka, Poitra, Pasternak. Very offensive heavy. Yes, you would give up some rushes going the other way, but if you're putting Lindholm Carlo out there with them, it's not a bad aggressive offensive line to put out there. No. That being said, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that against Tampa. Or Florida. Because <laughs> no. that one would get caved in like a motherfucker. They're just, they would be crushed, physically crushed. Mm-hmm. But I I love this team's defensive depth. I don't I don't want to move a defenseman, mm-hmm. as weird as that is to say. The only reason why I would be okay with moving a defenseman is if you're getting a top four guy back. If you're getting a Noah Hannafin to build, but then what you're doing is, is you're, you're making yourself more top heavy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I feel about doing that. You wanted to talk about Watherspoon. I like what I've seen from him. Overall, I look at him and I go, if he's my ninth defenseman, I'm okay with it. What if he's your seventh defenseman? Depends on who my other six are. <laughs> uh, your other six are Grismack, Lindholm Carlo, Fulbert Shattenkirk. Where's Mason Lorai? Lorai is in the minors and in, in this scenario. See, I look at you it. Keep and Lorai, do you keep Lorai as the seventh defenseman? Not during the regular season. Mm-hmm. I what, The way I'm looking at it is. I keep Ian Mitchell up with the club because he's playing. He's played well. I I, I don't hate what I've seen from Ian Mitchell since he's come back up. Uh, for the record, he has been. For the record, he has been as of as of like an hour ago. He's been sent down. Oh, Ian did? Mitchell is now in the minors. Yep. Um. Now, granted, he was called on an emergency loan basis, so I, yep. if I, I'm not going to freak out over what might end up being a paper transaction. I'm not even going to freak yep. out over the transaction. I don't hate it. But mm-hmm. right now, your top six very clearly are Grizz Mack, Lindholm, Carlo, and then Forbort, Shattenkirk. They're mm-hmm. your top six. Beyond that, you want to carry a seventh defenseman with the club. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it being Ian Mitchell. I'm okay with it being Parker Watherspoon. Hell, I'm okay with it being Jakob Borrell if they can show that he can skate again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like... I don't care who that seventh defenseman is in that sense, because at the end of the day, Mason Lorai is your true seventh D. Mm-hmm. 
Mason Lorai is the guy, if someone goes down with an injury for more than a one-game sample, you're calling him up. He mm-hmm. is your next man up. If somebody gets hurt in the playoffs, you're not going to Ian Mitchell next. You're going to Mason Lorai next. So I see I, what you're saying. I see what, what I see at Ian Mitchell as is he's your he's your eighth guy. Walter Spoon mm-hmm. is your eighth guy, ninth guy, whatever order you want to put him in. If you're going eight, nine deep and you're getting to Parker, Walter Spoon, and Ian Mitchell, I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. that means three defensemen have gotten hurt and you're already dogging it, hoping. They've been successful. I got mm-hmm. no complaints about it. Watherspoon is a nice, solid stay-at-home defenseman. Had a really good game tonight against the Rangers. Really good game. Nineteen. Oh, he was over nineteen minutes tonight. Oh yeah. So Monty was trusting him in situations. Right, and then after that, you'd go to like Riley Walsh, Alec Regula, Dan Renouf. Like those are the guys that you have already played at the NHL level to mm-hmm. a game or more. Yeah. And then beyond that, then you're really testing your depth again in a, in a situation. Mike Callahan, Frederick yeah. Brunet. <laughs> if right. you're up to if you're up to Frederick Brunet, um seek seek immediate medical attention. Right. It, but I want Brunet, Edward Mast, and Callahan to be getting top four minutes in Providence. That's where I want them. Now, playoff time, if you need to call one of them, you call one of them up. But, mm-hmm. again, now you're going 12 deep. That means you are literally out all six of your first guys that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's – that you're running low on fumes at that point anyway. Right. So – you're probably not winning the series. <laughs> I'm looking at this going, we got to do something to spark offense. So what do you do? The part that's bothered me is that goddamn Patrick Brown. <laughs> what can Brown that, that goddamn Patrick Brown? What can Brown do for you? Right now the answer is nothing. Patrick Brown can just be nothing Mm -hmm. i got nothing against him personally it's just this what patrick brown is doing is exactly what i was worried about what milan lucic would be doing why would you call up patrick brown today like i understand an argument there's an argument to be made veteran over kid well not even veteran over kid i think it's i think in the sense of um if Georgi Merkulov is playing, is being called up, your prognosis of Zaka turns into, oh shit, he's out for a while. I think the Bruins want to wait until they have a longer term injury to a top six player before they pull the trigger on that. Well, I think I, it's because it's such a short term injury, which is why they're playing Bo- the Boquists and the Browns of the world. Right. And Boquist, I, I I don't hate that one because you were also going on a two-game road trip. No. And, like, to New Jersey, no less, and to the Islanders. Like, mm-hmm. you're already down Pavel Zaka, and you can't 
move Matthew Poitra anywhere other than off, on on the on the uh, ice or off the ice. Mm-hmm. So you, you have him in the lineup along with Johnny Beecher. Do you really want to have a third center who's never played an NHL game before this year? Right. Do you like? I understand the want to call up a, a, a Kuntar in that situation or John Farinacci. I get it. That's your first instinct. But then you go, shit, we're playing the Devils and we're playing the Islanders. Like, who's less likely to fuck up this road trip and hmm. allow us to get three out of four points? Boquist. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the same time, too, like if you're going to care, if you're going to pull up a guy like Fabian Liesel, for instance, don't you want it on home ice when you can control last change? Yes. 100%. Same thing with Kuntar or Farinacci or any of those guys. I mean, I think I, I think the, the there is an argument for Farinacci because of his play style. Farinacci is a pretty safe dude. But sure. but. Again. Farinacci is less than 30 games into his professional career. Right. Well, so is Matthew Poitra. Now, Mm -hmm. here's a question for you when it comes to Poitra. If he's invited, do you allow him to go to to World Juniors? Absolutely not. Why not? Because I think that there, there is nothing he can learn or help in his development at the world juniors that he can't get here in here in the NHL. Now there's an argument for let him play for his country. And I get that. I absolutely get that. I but for, God. I agree with everything you just said when it comes to sending him back to play for Guelph world juniors is different. The stage is different. And if he can go play for juniors, or Canadian team in uh, world juniors, there actually is something he can gain from it because Mm -hmm. he will be one of the few players on the roster whose stay in the NHL has been consistent. Mm -hmm. So he can go into that locker room, head high, high confidence, relaxed because he's back with players his own age. It allows him to keep playing, but not get the NHL beating on his child size frame. Oh my it, God, use, use different words. <laughs> the dude's five, six, five, seven, a buck 80 soaking wet. He does not have the adult body yet. He In took a, a pretty, he took a pretty good hit today. He's taken multiple good hits. Well, he took a pretty good hit today. Thought he was good. We thought he was going to be out for weeks with a dislocated shoulder. Comes out his first shift. He gets thrown back first. <laughs> right. Into the boards. And that's why I let him go and let him have fun. Let him have fun with kids his own age. Essentially one more time before it's okay, kid, you're a professional now. When you get back from this, it is it is on. He still gets to play hockey, which is what you need him to do. You need him on the ice. You need him skating. You need him getting t- puck touches and all that other stuff. While yeah. he's gone, it allows you to cycle in and see in a longer term sample what could John Farinacci provide for you. Mm-hmm. 
You know, what could Trevor Kuntar provide for you? And what could Merkulov? What could Merkulov provide for you? But he's more of a winger. Uh, I'm focused more on the center positions there. Well, to be fair, he's been playing mostly center in Providence. Yeah, I don't know if that's where I want him playing in the uh, in the NHL, but okay, I, I you can you can check, you can see, you can put him in the lineup and see what you get. And if you don't like mm-hmm. him at center, you can move him over to wing. Like mm-hmm. Brett Harrison, the same thing. I look at Brett Harrison right now and I go, he's a, he could be an NHL winger. Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely an NHL winger if he makes it. Right. And and that's someone that, you know, right now he's got this year and two more on his ELC. So could he potentially take over after Brad Marchand's gone? Mm-hmm. Because then your left side theoretically could still have the brusque on it. You also have three other openings at that point, unless you move Frederick back over to the left side and now you have two. Mm -hmm. So it just, it allows you to see what you have without having to send him. Like it's basically your way out of sending him back to juniors until fucking April. Mm -hmm. You know, you're able to send them to juniors, but not. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would at least I get that, that argument. I get that argument. And I will completely cop to the fact that maybe that my view is a little bit selfish <laughs> for my team. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I'm looking at it in terms of the long-term development of this player. Mm-hmm. And what it, what is he going to give you? What Juniors is what? A month or two? Maybe well, Juniors, two. like two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, yeah, not mm-hmm. even. So you lose them for two weeks. You lose them. Let's say you lose them for six uh, games. Yeah. I was going to say 10 games just to make it for easy math. Yeah. Lose them for 10 games. You can do five and five for Farinacci and Kuntar. You know what I mean? Like it really get a good sample size for them. It's, it's also an opportunity to bring somebody up to shop them, to showcase them. Hey, what about this guy? Hey, hey, hey. Well, I mean, think about it. You you have, if your plans are to have Zaka down the middle for the next three years, mm-hmm. you've got Coyle signed. Uh, let's see. Right now, your center position, you have Coyle for three years. You've got Zaka for, where is he on this list? Oh, wait, he's going to be down on IR. Zaka for the next four years. And Johnny Beecher just started his ELC, basically. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Beecher would be your 4C. Beecher has this year and next year. I think he'll be an easy re-sign, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And now you have Matty Poitra. So where do Faradachi, Kuntar, where do they fit in? On the wing? <laughs> See, Zaka plays well on the wing. Right. Coyle doesn't play well on the wing. We know that. But, you know, Zaka, Plotra, Pasternak is a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of defense. And that's why you don't want to do that line. 
But what what about if you have someone with an uh, with an offensive upside like Farinacci? Mm-hmm. He can play more down the middle, both ways, two hundred foot game. Now you can kick Zaka out on the wing, let Pasta and Zaka have their connection up front, and you have a center position taken care of. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the, a lot of the prospect prospect building has been with this in mind because you can't really get many stars with how where the Bruins have Bruins have drafted, so it's got to be a lot of plug and plays. Right, and some you may get someone like a Markulov or like a Brett Harrison who. Once they get their chance, they they break out. It could happen. But mm-hmm. you're thinking in the bottom, I don't even want to say half. Like your I think your average draft position has been like 56 for Something almost like that for the last six years. Seven years. Seven so years, yep. You ain't getting the McDavid people. You may get another Patra if you get lucky. Yeah, but you're not you're not even getting a Miro Hiskin in. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just you're not even getting another Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> Jake DeBrusque went where he was supposed to in that draft. Yes, he did. And I don't give a flying fuck that they just put Zboro on waivers. It has nothing to do with the 2015 draft. Because Zboro also went where he was supposed to in that draft. I think it's hilarious how many people haven't gotten over something from almost 10 years ago. Ever have a bad breakup and she was your summit girl? <laughs> hey, they also walked away with Brandon Carlos, so... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a bad... If you think the 2015 draft was bad, you could puck off. Let's keep the lights on, shall we?